0: The
1: Everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on my podcast house.com. A very good evening, morning, afternoon to my co hosts, Walshy and Lyle. Hello, boys. Very good. Hey, eh, Tony, how are you? Excellent. Thank you, mate. How are you, Lyle? I'm going well, mate. How's the rehab going? Yeah, good. Pushing hard, yep. doing what we have to do. I'm crutchless now, which is good. Cutters. i feel being married i probably have been for the last three months but
2: <laughs> three months
3: <laughs> tried 10
2: years
1: yeah <laughs> oh,
3: that's, that's right you're not walking any half marathons this week like last week i wouldn't mate.
1: have thought so no no yeah. i might be walking no, half actually... a kilometer but that's about it so
3: you're actually listening to the
1: doctors
2: now that's good yeah yeah No, I'm doing that yeah do it do doing it all right. that how you guys um, been good yeah pretty good um Friday night, I met with a friend. He wanted me to meet someone. I was looking at getting a seat on the board at a um, community centre. So I was meeting with the people to try and get me voted on. Um, I thought it went well. Yeah. Got home. Seat's been taken. JJ no. Furno.
1: No. I'm he's, serious. He's on the
2: board
3: too. What does he know about community services? Yeah. He's not even in your community. I know. Surely that does can't work. Yeah, sure. Don't you have to live... Isn't it zoned? I would have thought so. You'd have to live there. I'm
1: it's
2: not going.
3: happy. This was meant
2: to be my big chance.
3: Yeah, you yeah. would have done
2: well in that seat.
1: Can we organise <laughs> some sort of mediation? Seriously, we need No, mediation. I don't want to talk to him.
2: I legit yeah. I get sore legs. I've been standing up for that long. Every time I look to sit down, chairs chair's been
3: taken.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah... Well, I know we blocked him on Twitter, so he probably can't even message us to apologise.
1: Um, well, I won't
2: follow
3: him until he apologises. Well, ball's in his court. Yeah. yeah.
1: We'll have to mm. see if we... I think we need to organise some mediation or something.
2: This yeah. is going on too yeah. far now. Yeah. Well, it's like he's got a vendetta, Tony.
1: Yeah, that is. What's going to happen is you're going to end up going to your car and your seat belt will be gone.
2: I hope not, because then I'll get, I can get a
3: fine for that.
1: Yeah. This other stuff's just all he won't, inconvenient. He won't care.
3: No. But um, that's actually Steak. illegal. Ste- stealing seats to cutting seatbelts and stuff, that's dangerous. <laughs> that's, that's escalation. So is he going to cut the brakes next? Yeah.
1: Of course, uh, not. on the turnbuckle, we thank our proud sponsors, uh, the Australian Wrestling Network, who just keep on getting some amazing stuff on that network.
2: Not sure how proud they are.
3: We're proud of them. I don't know if they're proud of us or not. Yeah, probably. I, I, I was watching um, the Davis Storm versus Gavin McGavin, you know, two friends of the show. Uh, from was it last year or the year before? Yeah, it was last year. Uh, their match uh, on the weekend, absolute barn burner. Uh, it's the second time I've watched it now since it's been up. <laughs> they beat the absolute shit out of each other. Um, I know a few like Voices of Wrestling put it in their top 100 matches of the year. Wow, definitely go out of here. Yeah, pay for a, a month subscription just to watch, rewatch that match if you haven't. Well worth it, as well as all the other fantastic
2: content. Lyle, I think it's well worth the money, that's for sure.
1: Certainly, that's is funny. lovely little chat with Vixen last week, boys. Yeah, it is. Um, we
2: had a good chat with her again on Saturday night. and um, She's keen to have a, a longer-form discussion with us later in the year, and I think Excellent. that's something we should look at doing because it was quite
1: a short one. Yeah,
3: Good little surprise, her showing up at uh, Deathmatch Down Under on Saturday night, Tony. Shame you missed it, mate.
1: Wish I could have been there.
3: We knew you weren't coming when you stopped messaging us on the day. Yeah. It's an old Lyle hey, trick.
1: No, yeah, I would have loved easy. to have come, but just... Uh... Laying low at the moment.
3: You know, that have your in rehab. Yeah. All
1: right, boys. This week's interview is a very, very interesting character. He is the Agua Total Violence Champ. He is the Sire of Barbed Wire. He is the Ref of Death, or Death, I think maybe that might be. Yeah. His yeah. name is Guido, <laughs> and he joins us for a chat. Hello, Guido, and thanks for uh, coming on board on the Turbuckle. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, you is, uh, by those names, there's no doubting what sort of wrestling you're into, and that's uh, the deathmatch stuff. Uh, what turns you on with deathmatch wrestling?
4: Oh, man. Well, I've kind of just been in t- interested in it ever since uh, I've seen the first King of the Deathmatch tournament with uh, Terry Funk and Cactus Jack, and it's always just been a passion of mine and always followed it and decided to get into training back in 2003 or something like that. And uh, after refing for about 10 years, decided to switch over
2: and dip my toes in the blood, so to speak. Am I I right in thinking that your first match after you finished reffing and switched over was in fact a death match? Oh, yeah. I jumped right into it. (laughs) Right into it. (laughs) You don't want to do things by halves, that's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. Go, go ball
4: to the wall, or don't go at all. They say, right?
2: <laughs> so uh, you're from uh, the Bay Area in uh, in the US, which uh,
4: ki- kind of yeah, I'm from California. Or well, the Central Valley in California, maybe about a forty minute drive from like Oakland and San Francisco and all that,
2: and uh, not an area. Traditionally well known for the deathmatch form of wrestling, am I right?
4: Uh, they weren't like the area I was from, not really, but like Southern California was all about, they very well known because that's where XPW came from and all that good stuff. So, but we kind of, me and Trevino with UGWA, we kind of brought the deathmatch scene to the forefront there and the area
2: we were from. So, and how much work's involved with like, you know, uh, trying to build, um, Build that knowledge in the fans of what deathmatch is and, and sort of bring that new art form to the new to different audiences.
4: Uh, it's, it's actually tough work because most people are into the traditional wrestling and all that good stuff, and you got to kind of give them like a little bit of a flair and a nice and a nice story with the deathmatches for in that area to get the
3: fans entrapped in it. Do you find so, that, um- Sorry, Logan. no, I'll just uh, so can the deathmatch down under team lean on you with your knowledge of starting starting from the ground up, like obviously the Australian scene hasn't had a death match promotion before, so you know training the fans and you know opening those doors uh, um, the death match team leaning on you for your experiences doing the same.
4: Um, not really, because Joel Bateman has a lot of experience and knowledge with the death matches, and then we've got like Cracker Jack, of course, and Mad Dog and Michael Weaver and and all them, so it's kind of just a collaboration to get it all going
1: there's some amazing uh there's some amazing hardcore minds there, isn't there, Just in those names you mentioned
4: Oh, definitely, definitely. Those are some of the biggest hardcore names in my opinion here in Australia.
2: And moving to Australia, um, how was it that you got uh, linked up with Joel and um, and dMD you um, when I right before I came
4: down here, I noticed that Casanova Valentine was going to be coming out this way, and so I kind of contacted him and he put me in touch with Joel and the
2: rest is pretty much history <laughs> um, so going back to uh, when you started out. Uh, am I right that you were doing a, a bit of backyard stuff at the start?
4: I did, yes. Uggua was predominantly backyard at the time, and we kind of worked a story in that where I was trying to kill the yard out of them. And we, <laughs> we pretty much did do that after about a year. We moved into a venue, and we started bringing in all the pro names and all that stuff and kind of a good mix of some, more,
2: some of the backyarders and then the pros – and what's it like when you've got um, some of the more amateur backyard guys and then you've got the pro guys, how does that mix work? And uh, do you have people reluctant to get in the ring with the backyard guys or is it everyone pretty open to it?
4: Well, uh, There was some reluctancy at first with a lot of the guys that were coming in. But once they got to know that the backyard guys weren't as shitty as everybody thought they were, <laughs> they were pretty happy to get in there and mix it up with them
3: with the with the backyard stuff did you just um focus on more traditional hardcore stuff in the backyard you know chairs and stuff like that you didn't incorporate like barbed wire and light tubes in the backyard
4: oh no we incorporated right away my first match with them was we had light tubes and barbed wire and thumbtack bats and we went balls to the wall in that first match that i had there and never let up from there i mean it was always like panes of glass and Took the whole deathmatch thing there and excelled it pretty much.
1: ECW over in the States was a a sort of a a promotion, I suppose, that tried to to commercialize deathmatch to an extent, but it was always hamstrung, wasn't it, by the fact that it was still of the, it had to be more of the popular opinion. Deathmatch wrestling goes even further beyond what ECW ever tried to do.
4: Oh, definitely, way beyond what they tried to do. I mean, they did they did it well, and they incorporated, you know, the deathmatch stuff well with the Taipei and the no rope barbed wire stuff and all that good stuff. But what we do nowadays is leaps and bounds crazier than what. How does it? How does it
3: feel being a uh a deathmatch wrestler, and then seeing just this past weekend having an exploding barbed wire deathmatch on an American pay-per-view for the mainstream. is that, does that, that mean was, wrestling that was like, is moving forward? Yeah, actually, that was um, pretty
4: much history in the making right there with that exploding you know, barbed wire and, and the ex- exploding ring.
0: The almost exploding
4: it. ring. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was actually, as a deathmatch wrestler, seeing that, it was, it was very heartwarming to know that our style is actually catching on with the mainstream and people
2: are actually wanting to see it more. It must sort of give you a bit of pride that, um, you know, because you guys have been um, passionate about what you do for a long time and the mainstream wrestling community at times would look down on what you guys do. Um, and there are shitty deathmatch wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. But when you're in there telling a story, like, um, it's the equal of any other form of wrestling entertainment. So it must be good to get you know, the top guys in the industry sort of giving a nod to what you guys do.
4: Oh, yeah, it's very refreshing. It's, it's actually, like I said, it, it warms the heart to see it happening. It really does. Hopefully we'll get more of it, but we'll see how that goes.
1: Do you, see yeah, that, do you see that do you see that death match wrestling could live on the same sort of commercial lines as some of the other bigger promotions?
4: That's that's really a that's really a hard one. I don't think anytime soon, but maybe in the next 5 to 10 years it could be up there where you got a death match company that's on TV every week.
2: I could see that. Um, you've been in Australia for a while now and you've um you've worked mostly for DMDU. I know you did a you did a rumble match down at GCW as well. Um, how are you finding the um the Melbourne scene?
4: I actually really enjoy it. It's very refreshing to work with a bunch of new faces and get in there with guys that I've never mixed it up with, and that kind of like pushes me a little bit more and makes me have to work a little bit harder which i appreciate and i i I love this scene out here i'm trying to dip my toes in everywhere else but it's kind of it's kind of hard getting in there but
2: eventually the um dmdu's probably started up at the perfect time for you it's fair to say um what uh what do you think of the of the talent you're seeing on um on 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 those cards
4: Oh man, they've got some of the best talent going around in my opinion. I mean, you got the likes of JXT in there, and you got the deathmatch legends like Mad Dog and Cracker Jack, and then you got Gore. it's 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 I, I believe that they're up there with uh, the top of the class around going around.
2: Who have you seen that you that you really wanna um, mix it up with?
4: Oh man. And I've said his name a couple of times now. Mad Dog for sure. Yeah, I would. I would love for Cracker Jack to come out for us to dance. Come out of retirement for us to have a little dance. See how that goes. I think that
2: might just be a matter of time. I'm, I'm
4: hoping so. I, I really am.
1: <laughs> He's pushing for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's got to break that, uh, that legends contract stipulation of. Uh... Yeah, I think you'll get there. You'll find that maybe. Get our lawyer onto it, Tony. We'll find a loophole in the contract. <laughs> That's has be- well for him. <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> now, mo- moving to Australia, probably um, couldn't have come at a better time with the way the world sort of shut down. Um, obviously, being on an island, we've been pretty lucky compared to a lot of other countries. Has that been hard, like seeing friends back home, you know, being totally shut down and... Yeah, we've had it relatively pretty good in Australia.
4: Yeah, it's been kind of rough, especially um like I've had friends that have passed away from it and I'm constantly seeing on my news feeds about someone and someone's family's got it. It's 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 been really rough, especially with my family being out there and stuff. It's been it's been kind of a hard time, especially and we we have it lucky here as well, too. Like you said, we're on an island, kind of just shut everything down and stop people coming in and you know, quelled it on her own, pretty much. I mean, it's still there, but yeah, it's been it's been a rough time, it's been a rough year for sure.
1: We were just talking about it before the fact that uh, Brazil registered two thousand two hundred deaths in the last twenty four hours, and I think in the whole one year of COVID here in Australia, we've had nine hundred deaths in total.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 actually pretty damn wild, to be honest. Like, especially you look at the numbers in America as well. It's just, yeah. It's, Wild times
2: for sure. Yeah. So, um, what do the next few years look like? Are you in Australia permanently, or um, are you looking to go home at some stage?
4: No, I'm here. I'm here permanently for sure. Um, I've got my fiance here, and we had a nice little baby, and uh, congratulations. I'm looking yep. to make it a home here, and uh, I'll eventually go back for visits here and there. And I've got a couple of loose ends out there I got to tie up as well. So, so yeah, Australia is definitely home now.
2: And that um Agua Total Violence Championship, which you smuggled into your luggage when you came over here. Um, tell us a little bit about that title and what that means to you.
4: Oh, that title it, it means it means the world to me. We uh, we created the deathmatch division in Agua, and we had the Beast of the East Championship, which was pretty much kind of like our hardcore title, which we turned into a deathmatch title. And then we created the total violence division and Started it off with a tournament, a deathmatch tournament, and uh, unfortunately, I lost the first one, and um, I wasn't the inaugural champion, which was kind of, you know, saddening and heartbreaking, but uh, won the second tournament, and then shortly before I moved out here, I want to say maybe like four months before I came out here, I won that second tournament and got a shot for the title, and ever since then, I've held that title. It means the world to me. That's kind of why I brought it out here. And main re- another main reason is I've already destroyed everybody that I could in Ugwa and it was time to get some fresh faces and some fresh opponents for that strap. And it, it's just, yeah, smuggling it into my luggage is a nice way to say it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know what our water patrols like, mate. <laughs> and uh, you were trained by Pogo the Clown, am I right?
4: yes i was trained by uh xpw's pogo the clown who is now going as coach nugs and uh, a couple of his students the stoner brothers who runs the stoner u academy and rick luxury and dj ridges who passed away a couple years after started training and all that good stuff But yeah xpw's pogo the clown for sure that must have been an experience yeah, you want to learn the hard way. That's the way to go about it, my friend. <laughs> it He's a big no guy, isn't he? And, yeah, oh yeah. Definitely no letting up and no it, it was living that snug life, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I'll I'll go yeah. to my grave as saying that one of the, the best extreme wrestlers, deathmatch wrestlers that I've ever seen in my life, fortunate enough to see Cebu a couple of times over here in Australia. Did you ever have the uh, the good fortune of coming up against him over there in the States?
4: No, unfortunately, I didn't. Probably, he's probably one of the guys on my bucket list. Yeah. But, yeah, I never got a chance to uh, – I never even got a chance to meet the guy and pick his brain, so to speak, and unfortunately, you know.
1: Just talk about him, though, in, in, the, in the esteem that he's held by wrestlers over there in the States.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, especially in the deathmatch in the hardcore community, he's he's held in pretty high regards and well-respected, definitely.
2: And you would have been a, a big Japan fan growing up, yep. tape trading and stuff like that, I'm assuming?
4: Oh, yeah, that's kind of why uh, my stabber has got the little chain hanging off the end of it. That's kind of an homage to Mr. Pogo. And... Uh, Definitely Hayabusa, Mr. Ganisuke, Onma and all them guys like, oh, grew up, tr- you know, the tape trading and all that good stuff. Always the Japanese stuff. Always went back to that Japanese stuff,
2: that old school Japanese style. And you're living pretty close to Japan now compared to where you were living. Is there, um, is there any ambition to get across there and try and um, see what, see if you can get a match or two over there at some stage? Oh,
4: it's definitely on the cards. That's kind of the last thing I need to do on my bucket list for this whole pro wrestling thing. And uh, as soon as I can get to Japan, that's that's the ultimate goal for me is to at least get one match over there or something.
3: Yeah, well, I know. John's shouldn't got some be connections too much, over yeah. there. <laughs> it shouldn't be too much longer. With the hopefully we're rolling out the vaccine in this country and Japan by the end of the year, it'd be nice that we can all get back to Japan. For some oh, wrestling. that'd be lovely. That would be mm, absolutely yeah. lovely. What, who's on on your short list of, you know, when the world finally goes back to normal and the DMDU are looking to book some international talent, uh, who's on your short list to be brought down under?
4: Oh, well, June Kasai, of course. I know he's been here once before and had that match with Mad, Mad Dog. Uh, Takeda. I'd like to go, you know. Takeda's so freaking good live. Yep. And uh, I'd like to dance with Schleck one-on-one this time. I mean, I've had a tag match against him and John Wayne Murdoch, but I would like to dance with Schleck again. And uh, hopefully when Marcus Crane comes back, I I can dance
2: dance with him as well. It's sort of a never-ending list of names, to be honest, let's face it. And, yeah, uh, it's
4: true, like I could go on with names, and I, like, it, I would like to eventually face everybody, but you know, that's probably not in the cards.
2: But who knows? Um, so when uh DMDU undoubtedly bring out their um ultraviolet championship, which I think should happen before the end of the year, um, I'm assuming that you, that's something that's going to be you'll be pretty passionate about trying to be, get your hands on that belt first up?
4: Oh, definitely. Uh, ever since, you know, Joel, when I first came out in here, and Joel was talking about potentially doing this thing, and that's definitely been on, like, my mind. It, play, it goes through my mind almost daily. It'd be nice to win that strap and then go back to the U.S. to defend the Uglis strap with the Australia Deathmatch Championship as well. That would be pretty epic. Guido we- Two
3: Belts has a nice ring to it. It does, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, uh, we spoke about how big a deal it was for Deathmatch down under to uh, secure the IWTV contract. Have you had much uh, interest or phone calls from blokes over in the States who may have watched the first couple of shows?
4: Uh, the first show that premiered, I had a lot of my friends and stuff messaging me like that, but... I mean, I'm kind of a controversial figure, figure, anyways. Especially if you follow my Facebook and stuff like that, I'm kind of outspoken. So I never really got the calls and the opportunities in the states that you yeah. know I should have gotten. But it's that's neither here nor there. I'm sure when uh, I go back, that things
2: will things will pick up for sure. So, spending ten years as a referee, you get a unique view of everything before you started actually wrestling. Um, how, how people sort of underestimate the value of a referee in a death match. Um, do you want to talk through like some of the things a referee is responsible for that your average wrestling fan probably doesn't understand?
4: Well, safety first and foremost. I mean, you've got to be kind of on your toes and uh, make sure you watch those wrestlers and the, sa- the their safety is probably first and foremost on your list as a referee and then it's uh, staying out of the way, you know, when they're doing it, like <laughs> definitely make sure you stay out of the way and uh, keeping your counts consistent. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. It, it sounds like it's easy to do, but it's really challenging when
2: you're out there in the heat of the moment. You know, you can easily get caught spectating as well, especially if you're in the ring with people, when you're in the ring refereeing people that you actually look up to as workers, like it w- it would be really easy to be caught spectating. I imagine.
4: Oh, definitely. I used to tell when fans would ask me, well, they'd be like, "Oh, I had front row, front row seats. I had the best seat in the house." I was like, "No, actually, I've got the best seat." In the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of pro wrestling first and foremost. So being a referee and you're in there and like I was, you know, roughing matches with Supreme and Vic Grimes, guys that I, you know, tape traded and watched and stuff like that. It was it was pretty surreal at the
2: time. And what's it like the first time that you're meeting these guys um, as a peer? (sighs) Nerve-wracking. You don't want to say the wrong thing, you
4: know, and especially you you see the stuff that these guys have done in the past and, you know, some of their, you know, the backstage history, you definitely, it's nerve-wracking, you know, you got to kind of mind your P's and Q's and, you know, be on your best behavior because you don't want to get, you know, punched in the face. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, so I've got have got a theory about the uh, the dressing rooms at Deathmatch compared to pro wrestling, and you might be able to dispel the theory for me or tell me not. Right, but I reckon dressing rooms of pro wrestling promotions can be fairly intense sometimes because there seems to be a lot of uh, a, a lot at stake for those guys in regards to what they're doing. But because Deathmatch is such a, a unique form of wrestling. I fear that I feel that the the attitudes and the towards each other in the dressing rooms of death is probably a lot more jovial might not be the right word but not as intense as what it would be in normal pro circles. Would that be correct? You yeah, guys respect each other more.
4: Yeah, I would say that uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I've been in some locker rooms over in the states where uh, egos kind of get the better of everybody. And, but for the most part, I mean, especially when you're doing deathmatch shows and you've got all the deathmatch guys, there's a, there's a high level of respect, especially, I mean, we, we beat the heck, we beat the shit out of our bodies, you know, like let's yeah. not, let's not get that wrong. And um, to do what we do, you've got to have a really special trust in your opponent to not like actually stab you in the throat, you know, and the, the respect level is definitely really high and the locker room is, Fairly kicked back, surprisingly. You know, everybody's kind of just talking and mingling and respect. You know, there's a lot of respect in those locker rooms.
1: Well, things can go wrong very quickly, can't they?
4: Oh, very quickly. Very
1: quickly. Yeah.
4: I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, John Wayne Murdoch had his shoulder split all the way from the back, and Reed Bentley had his cap-filled back and getting hit in the head with a chair. And I mean, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's very unpredictable. You know, I, I kind of sustained a little elbow injury at the last show. And I mean, it's, it's pretty intense.
1: Yeah.
2: And when you're in a locker room where it's, say, like DMDU, where you've got some of the, some really good heavyweight guys and then you've got your really great up-and-coming um, flippy wrestlers and things like that, uh, what's the mix like in the locker room when you've got so many people from different backgrounds?
4: beautiful beautiful i mean we all sit there and we pick each other's brains and uh, you know most of us deathmatch guys we don't just do death matches you know we get in the mix with the regular wrestling as well and being around for as long as we have we can pass on knowledge to the younger guys and then we can actually pick brains from the super heavyweights as
2: well so it's
4: it's actually it's
2: actually really refreshing and there's stuff that works in ring psychology wise um that you can take from one art form to another which i think probably should happen more often
4: yeah definitely definitely that's why every time i'm in a locker room i try to make it a point to talk to as many of the guys as I, that i can not just the deathmatch guys but you know you can
2: pick everybody's brain
4: and learn something new every day
2: so uh, being in australia besides the wrestling um, what are you enjoying the most you're enjoying the beer and the and the weather and things like that Oh yeah,
4: definitely. I mean, I, the country it is—it's viewed everywhere I've been. Has just been absolutely stunning. The food is really good. It's a lot better than America. I mean, you guys got higher standards for the food grades and stuff out here. Yeah, so. we got laws. we got
1: vegetables over here.
4: Yeah, no, and no, uh, none of that um, high fructose corn syrup either. You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Actually, what, what, what? you're right though Because as, a, as an athlete And most wrestlers are An athlete to an extent you, you need to look after your body I mean, you're putting your body through so much stress To be in a place like the States Where when you're on the road a fair bit The food would be a fair part of You know, what you, you do when you're on the road You're eating You're working late You're eating out late And all that sort of stuff And it couldn't do your body much good I wouldn't have thought over there As a pro wrestler on the road
4: well, no, there's a lot of guys that do the meal prep and they'll bring their meals with them and stuff like that. Or, you know, then you've got your, uh, you know, your little American diners that aren't as bad. But for the most part, yeah, you're stopping at a fast food joint or something like that on the way back. because It's quick and easy and you got a six hour drive ahead of you and you don't really feel like sitting around for an hour at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of meal prepping back when I was in my little workout and get fit stage and all that good stuff. But then I ate a lot of Taco Bell as well. So. I love Taco Bell. Oh, man. Taco Bell is amazing.
1: We're only just getting it here, aren't we? It's yeah. Really yeah. It's exactly. Starting to become big. We're going to add it yeah. three
2: times in Tokyo.
4: Yeah, I think, there's <laughs> back. I think there's three Taco Bells here in Victoria.
1: So. Yeah, I think we, we just got one open just down the road from my place in Eltona. Uh, we're not um, going to see Tony again. That's
2: you,
3: dangerous. That's I haven't
1: dangerous. been there yet. I'm trying to hold off as long as I can. Oh, that's
4: the Taco right. Bell out here is amazing. It shits all over the Taco Bell in America. That's for
1: sure. Great to know. It's
3: right beside Carl's, it's right beside Carl's Jr. as well in Eltona, Tony.
1: Yeah, no, there is two. I've seen that. Carl's Jr. is good.
3: Yeah. Um, what, what's the, what's the psyche or the mentality difference from a traditional wrestler to a deathmatch wrestler? is because I know some wrestlers don't want to go anywhere near death match stuff is you death match wrestlers. Are you guys are a different breed of uh human to put you be willing to put yourself through that kind of damage?
4: Yeah, there's definitely a certain mindset you have to get into for the match. I mean, there's some, some of the guys that have been doing it for like 20 or 30 years, you know, they just go out there and it's another walk in the park, but you know, then there's guys like, uh, like me, who I need to get into a certain mindset the day before the match, I start switching off. You know, I try not to think about what I'm about to do to my body because I know I'm about to put my body through some shit. So uh, there's definitely like a
2: certain mentality you got to get into for it. Yeah, Vixen was saying it takes her the best part of a week before a death match to get herself in the right frame of mind. Like, everyone would have a different process, I imagine.
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially like, It's usually about a a day or two before my matches to where I really got to switch off. And then that day of, it's kind of like I'm trying not to talk to anybody. I'm trying not to have conversations because I've just got to stay in this certain mindset, you know, that got to block all that pain away, even though you can't really do that.
1: (laughs) You put yourself through some interesting matches, I'm sure, in the time you've been doing it. Has there ever been a time though where you thought there's no fucking way I'm doing that?
4: When it comes to like a barefoot death match, I'm not that's not me. I can't no? I can't do barefoot. I can't even walk around outside without shoes on. So I can't <laughs> I can't do barefoot. <laughs> no, definitely no barefoot for Guido. <laughs> um, Just about everything else. I mean, I've played with fire and I've you know I've been set on fire and had half my mullet burned off. I'm pretty much down for just about everything, just no barefoot.
2: And how did your partner feel about the deathmatch wrestling?
4: Oh, she loves it. She, uh, I mean, she uh, she comes to the shows, and she's actually a medic at Deathmatch Down Under. Well,
2: that's handy. And, uh, she
4: patches me up and, you know, takes good care of me. And she's, she's actually all about it. I mean, it's not really – she, she kind of wants to dabble in it herself, but it's like, no, you don't.
2: Well, dab on it. <laughs> now, are you on the weekend you um you wrestled a tag death match. Um what's the difference between a singles match and a tag match in a death match because there's so many different moving parts. Um In my opinion, singles matches
4: are a lot a lot easier to work when you're doing a death match, just for the simple fact is you're focused on one person Mm -hmm. when you're doing tag matches. I mean, you've got a lot of pieces of the wheel that are turning and you got to kind of stay on your toes a bit and you don't want to miss certain things that you're supposed to be there for. I, I, I definitely prefer the singles types for sure. But then the tag types are a lot easier to work to a certain extent because you don't have to do as much. You can roll out and lie on the side of the ring yeah. for a while. Yeah, you can roll out and have yourself a little breather and tell the fans how much you hate your life at that point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then jump back in the ring.
4: Yeah, and then jump back <laughs> yeah, in the ring
3: fun. and die again. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there any, has there been a time in the ring where you've actually had a really scary moment where you thought, hang on, I'll, I may have really done some damage to myself here. Um,
4: yeah, there's been a couple times. Um, one of them wasn't even a death match. I was just part of a rumble in the States. And I took a big splash in the corner and fractured my rib. And then I had to stay in that match for about 20 more minutes. It it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this probably isn't good. And then when I jacked my elbow up at the last show, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, well, I probably did a little bit of damage there and probably going to feel that for a while.
1: And are you still feeling it for a while?
4: Yeah, I'm still feeling I mean, the swelling's gone down a lot. I yeah. think I've got a little bit of a crack in my elbow, which will probably take a little while to heal up. But uh, the swelling's gone down a lot, and the pain is subsided. As long as I don't bump it into anything, I'm good to go.
1: Yeah, that's well, good to hear, mate. Hey, uh, Guido, we thank you so much for being a part of the show. It's been a, an absolute pleasure talking to you this week and uh, it's great to know that an experienced guy like yourself is going to be a part of the scene for a long time down here in Australia we look forward to seeing many more matches with you
4: definitely definitely I thank you guys for having me on
1: I had a blast the Agua total violence champion and now death match down under wrestler Guido joining us here on the turnbuckle Go! if you your eyes,
3: you're right. and fields the will take you to the other side
1: see if you welcome back part 2 of on the turnbuckle boys uh, great chat there with Guido GWC's uh He's really into the deathmatch stuff, isn't he?
2: Yeah, definitely. His first match was a deathmatch, which was interesting. <laughs>
3: yeah. Good introduction to the business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, crazy.
1: crazy. Uh, the music of Christian brings us into our second segment. And the reason for that is because it's one of our news topics with our serious news segment. We welcome Eleni Thomas uh, to have a chat about what is happening in the world of wrestling. G'day, Lenny. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. Happy to be here. How are you all going tonight?
1: We are pretty good, thank you. I think I can speak on behalf of the other guys. Yes? N- not happy to be here. No, no, we're going to speak for us. if I'm honest. I'm okay, thanks, Lenny. I'm doing right. really well. Uh, I'll tell you what, we were all absolutely ecstatic to see Christian come back for the uh, Royal Rumble at WWE a few weeks ago. And we all thought that maybe that might lead to a return to WWE, but it seems like AEW have grabbed the signature.
0: Absolutely. Um, and this was happy but sad news for me because Christian was my favorite wrestler growing up. I absolutely adored him. Every game I would play, I would always use him to music. But um, for any Christian fans like me, AEW have revealed that um, he has signed a multi-year deal with the brand. Uh, so Christian was introduced to AEW by Paul White during the Revolution pay-per-view, announcing that he'll be working under the name Christian Cage. Now, Christian, who's 47 47 years of age now, was recently cleared to return to the ring and had made his return during this year's WWE Royal Rumble match, which was his first appearance since retiring due to the concussion in 2014. So very exciting news for him to be back on the scene.
1: I think uh, the disappointing thing for us, boys, is we we had hopes of a possible Christian and Edge-type reunion. That's not going to happen. It's funny because
2: Christian and Edge is a tag team. That, only, that was only one year of their careers. Everyone seems to think it was longer <laughs> because of how entertaining they were. Um, well, I'm interested, Lenny, because I'm a Christian fan as well. But most, um, most wrestling fans, especially when you would have been a lot younger when you were a big Christian fan, what was it about him um, that drew you in?
0: I think I always sort of loved the, the underdog um vibe he gave off especially being a a smaller guy I think I always enjoyed you know obviously we've got the bigger wrestlers you know you've got like The Rock you know Roman Reigns nowadays uh but I think I always enjoyed sort of he was always smaller I thought he was really creative in the ring and it really was just his theme music I was just obsessed with it like as a child like I would walk around and like do like the looking into the crowd so I think it was just his whole gimmick I adored
2: yeah, for me, um, I think it's a really good signing for AEW. Um, I mean, he's going to be good in the ring, um, not, as, not what he once was, but he'll still be serviceable. But for me, what he's going to bring is um, there's no wasted motion with Christian and he, everything he does makes sense. And I think he's going to really help that locker room to, um, to tighten up their matches and really make everything they do mean something.
3: Yeah, I think he's he's just before, you know, the, the Arn Anderson and Tully's and, you know, Jack the Snakes, that they do have the veterans. This guy's a little bit closer in age and he still can work a regular schedule, which is why he signed with AEW, um, WWE. Didn't want him on a, you know, a regular schedule. So I think he's a bit a bit closer to the, the main roster on AEW. You know? They're in their 30s now. It's a plus for all those workers to be in the ring with Christian. Everything is crisp. Everything he does is crisp. He's a worker's worker. Um, Just sad that the the hugging of Edge and Christian in the um, Royal Rumble was a goodbye hug, not a hello hug. So that's a little sad. But, yeah, I think he can do good things in AEW. It's a good signing for AEW, that's for sure.
1: It certainly is. Uh, NXT news, Eleni, and it looks like there's going to be a new title uh, coming up for grabs in NXT.
0: Yeah, so um, according to Wrestling Observer, WWE is planning to introduce NXT women's tag team titles to the brand. And so this speculation is following on from NXT general manager William Regal promising a game-changing announcement for the division and the brand. And so this announcement by Regal was made after Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez fell short of stripping the WWE Women's Tag Team champions, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, of their titles. And so this sort of added further speculation to the potential introduction of separate NXT Women's Tag Team titles.
1: It sort of makes sense, doesn't it, boys? Yeah, it's the it's
3: next step. NXT uh, Women's Division is, is really good um, and it adds more, more storylines and different angles and feuds that they can use the titles as props. So, yeah, I think it adds layers to the different storylines they can now use.
2: I think that's probably the deepest women's roster in the world. Um, so they definitely need something else for the girls to, to fight for to give a B storyline besides the storyline of people going for the main belt. Um, it is interesting to me that they are going with a tag belt because the original tag belt, was meant to be defended over all three bands regularly, but I feel like the ball got dropped with the main roster's women's tag team belts. So introducing an NXT tag team belt, what, else, what that's going to do is it's going to allow them to, to have some teams, regular teams in NXT, and then hopefully have some of them go up to the main roster and really improve the main roster women's title down the track.
1: It makes a lot of sense. Uh, Some exciting news coming out of uh, Ring of Honour, Eleni.
0: Yeah, so um, Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary pay-per-view main event has officially been announced with the match set to be between the Ring of Honour World Champion Rush facing Jay Lethal for the title. And so Rush is a two-time Ring of Honour World Champion while Lethal has also held the Ring of Honour World Championship twice during his career. And Rush regained the title by defeating PCO and Mark Haskins in a three-way match in February of 2020. And so the pay-per-view, which is scheduled for the 26th of March, will be the second Ring of Honour pay-per-view since the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's very exciting.
1: Yeah, it certainly is uh, good to see people going sort of pretty much back to normal now, aren't they?
3: Yeah, it's good to see Ring of Honour back in regular TV shows because they they shut everything down virtually straight away and picked up everyone's contracts, so they did the right thing. So you assume, you know, everything's going to be COVID safe. I'm not sure what their crowd attendance is going to be. And obviously we can't have a, any Australian guys over there that have got contracts, you know, Slex and Rooksy and Callie-Anne, but it's good to see Ring of, Honor, Ring of Honor back.
2: I forget that Ring of is 19 years old. That's um crazy to me.
3: <laughs> um. But
2: I feel like they've been really good on their TV since they've come back. um, They're presenting. It's a different presentation to everybody else. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this 90th anniversary show. And hopefully we're only a few months from having Slex, Kellyanne and Brooksy over there.
1: To really give us an interest. Hopefully they're not too far away. Exactly right. Uh, Injuries continue in New Japan wrestling, Eleni.
0: Yes, it feels like every time I mention the news for New Japan, it's always just injury updates. Um, And I've got even more this week because Wrestling Observer Newsletter has reported that New Japan pro-wrestling star Kazuchika Okada has been wrestling with two slipped discs in his lower back. And so this injury explains why Okada hasn't been featured in the main event picture for the past couple months as the brand is giving him the time to heal and avoiding making the injury worse. So bad news for him, I think.
1: Lyle?
3: Yeah, it is. Obviously, Okada's, you know, when fit, he's right up there, one or two for the best in the world. Um, Over the weekend, he had a couple of bangers in the New Japan Cup. So, you know, resting him in tag matches and then he'll gut through some of the big, important matches for the New Japan Cup is good. He's He's a professional. He's always going to put on great matches when he's called upon. Yeah, hopefully he can... Rehab while still working. So a bit like you, Tony.
2: Yeah, he's not working. <laughs> um, who would have thought that he was injured after his matches recently serious? No, that's
3: yeah, if he's you watch, a freak. yeah, he, he yeah. When it's time to go, he uh he he'll gut through and you know, put on uh, five star classics.
2: We might have to wait a little bit longer to see him in AEW though.
3: Yes,
1: for sure. There wouldn't be too many wrestlers around the world that are wrestling a hundred percent fit, but to be wrestling with two slip discs in your lower back—that's <laughs> a little yeah. bit over the top.
3: Yeah, and still getting high on his drop kick as well. Um, yeah, he's a, the man's a freak. The he man's is a freak.
1: He is. Finish well, off especially with Especially because uh,
3: the painkillers are pretty restricted over there too. <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: not restricted in my household at the moment. Let me tell you.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm on my way,
1: Tony. <laughs> Let's finish off with some Impact Wrestling news, Lenny.
0: Yeah, so um Ashley Vox revealed during an interview with Fightful Select that there have been no talks with Impact Wrestling about a return to the company for Team Sea Stars. And so Team Sea Stars are the tag team duo of Vox and Delmi XO. Uh, and the team previously appeared for the Knockouts Tag Team title tournament where they lost in the first round. And so during this interview, Vox went on further to say that the two go with the flow. And are open to whatever comes along. And she also said that she would love to work with NWA again and enjoy her time there. So interesting news. See where they end up. Interested
1: to see where that one ends up, Eleni. Always fantastic to have you as part of our serious news segment. We thank you again this week. We look forward to talking to you next week.
0: Of course. Thanks for having me. And looking forward to some more serious news next week.
1: Eleni Thomas with our serious news segment. All right, boys. Let's continue on. Uh, did I hear, and I haven't seen it, but did I hear something about Shaq making a debut? I'm shocked that you haven't seen it, Tony.
2: You usually um, devour everything.
1: We're talking Shaquille O'Neal, are we? Shaquille There's
2: O'Neal. There's no other Shaqs. The the, the, uh, the, the, big, the big Aristotle in wrestling. <laughs> the big imbecile. Yeah. Shaq. Um, yeah, yeah. Shaq made his debut um, finally on. Yeah, it's just about seven years in the making, isn't
3: it? Probably longer. When, when did the, him and the big show tease that they were going to do something? Uh, they, they've teased years, it so. a few times. Yeah. Um, I reckon he was still playing when they started teasing. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, of course. Um, he actually did really well. for a guy He went that, through a table, Tony. Oh, he went yeah, through well, a table.
1: A, have crazy to try, but, I'm going to have to catch this.
3: Yeah, Tony. I well, can't believe he Yeah, well, there was two of them. He's a big man. Um, it was actually a really good match It was fun It was a fun wrestling match Unfortunately I'm assuming it would have been on the pay-per-view But obviously it went head-to-head Against the NBA All-Star Game So
1: yeah. it was
3: on Dynamite um, yeah, It's well worked um, He was good I think the All-Star he Game should, was a work seriously. too Well, it always is Any defence played no, uh, no, no. yeah. 170 to
1: 152 or something, I think was the final score. shooting
3: from half court and stuff. Yeah. No, I wasn't C defense. He he was he was really good. I was shocked. Obviously, you know, put a lot of wear and tear on that uh seven foot frame over the years.
2: <laughs> well, he doesn't move well um no. when he's walking around the studio in the NBA, uh, when he's covering I was, NBA.
3: I was nervous when he was walking out. Look, he looked injured walking to the ring. And um, yeah, obviously, yeah, a little bit of smoke and mirrors, Cody working around him, but yeah, that giant table bump, you know, uh, can, yeah, American can news can I ask channels would have shown
2: what the fuck was going on with that ambulance thing at the end?
3: I have no idea. Um they didn't mention it again. They so they put it it's just a stretcher job, Tony. They put him in the back of yep. the ambulance, and Tony schiavone has gone over to
2: Firstly, why was the ambulance waiting there for like twenty minutes for fucking Shivani to
3: get there?
1: There wouldn't no, be an ambulance can't... big enough to put Shaq in, would there? Well, well, funny thing is,
3: when they put him in there, they went to close the door. He had to pull his feet up. It was, a, <laughs> it was a bit, it was, it was unintentionally funny. It was a bit comical. Um, so they closed the door. Then Tony's gone over to oh. interview the injured wrestler uh,
2: while he's like and, the the embers waited for the interview. Didn't go to the hospital. Yeah, waited for the yeah. interview.
3: Um, yeah, uh, and he wasn't there. He disappeared. <laughs> so so wow. someone out there has kidnapped, kidnapped a seven-foot, three-hundred-pound uh, athlete. Oh, well, it's not. I don't X-dolumous. know how they snuck him out. I don't well, know how X-dolumous, they snuck him out of so. there. And and then there was no mention of Shaq for the rest of Dynamite. So there was no yeah. tease of, "Hey, what happened?" Yeah. You know, so oh, not so I only,
2: knowledge. so not only was he taken from the, was he removed from the ambulance? He was removed from the
3: commentator's run sheets. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. That's amazing. Tune in tune in to Dynamite this week to find out what happened to Shaq, I guess.
1: Well, speaking of Dynamite, what about the uh, explosive AEW pay-per-view? Oh, Tony. Oh, I
3: don't know if explosive is the word you the Tony. It was called Revolution.
1: It wasn't called explosive. You're a bastard. No, but it, was it an explosive yeah. pay-per-view? Did it blow up or something? Or? It was meant to. <laughs> It was an explosive I start sorry. to
2: it,
3: baby.
2: I felt sorry for the guys in the main event because they they had a death match and it was good. Great And death match. they worked their asses off. Um, then they did a schmoz finish with the Good Brothers, which I could I didn't need to see. But then when the ring was meant to blow up, poor Eddie Kingston is selling that the ring blew up But I've seen more fire. It was like a cane
3: entrance. That's about how much fireworks there was. No, you're overselling it. Cane entrance explosion. There is an explosion with the cane entrance. This was Gilbert walking out, Tony. (laughs) I thought Gilbert was the fourth surprise on the show. I thought it was like Gilbert's coming out with the – it was such a letdown. It was. that Those guys busted their ass, like you mentioned, Eddie Kingston selling forever that he just – that he blew up after saving his friend that he's been battling against in you know the blood feud and the redemption of them getting back together it was such a nice moment at the end and it fizzed out literally Glad i missed this one who got um, the biggest
2: pop of the night
3: lyle Big we started we started the show with the music tony maciezo Ito, maciezo Ito. she's favorite wrestler yeah. the biggest pop of the night because that was a legit surprise um, was it? I knew she was going to be there Yeah, but not everyone knew And not one, we weren't expecting it We weren't over-hyping the surprise a bit like the Christian one um, And she's great There was just under 1,500 people in the crowd
2: I'm just hoping we actually yeah. do start with their music Because last time we went to start the show with their music Tony played like half a second of it We didn't even actually get to the song Yeah, and so I have got to go
3: I was devastated. you got to go it. like a minute
2: in. Oh, leave it you with
3: gotta, me. I'll, we'll time stamp it and send it for you, to you, Tony. Leave it um, with me. I do. It is my most played song on Spotify. Well, so you could just play it on
2: your Spotify before oh, playing it. I, I ended, up having, ended up having to.
1: Saturday yeah. night so, had Deathmatch Down Under, smashing sand Castles. <laughs> How'd it go, boys? Unfortunately, I wasn't there.
2: Um, it was good, it was a good show. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. There were some really good matches. Uh, Argon Gore was hard hitting, as you'd expect. Uh, remember, remember, um, our second episode when we had our young wrestling trainee Tony on? Yeah, well, Kid Valiant made his debut at Death oh, down really? Under. How'd he go? Yes, pretty well. Had a legal tag at the end. Um, but the ref didn't see it and uh, got the win. So he's through
3: to the next round in the tag tournament. Yeah, we, we were standing at the back, and I'm pretty sure they're the longest tag ropes. So <laughs> he made a tag from the other side of the ring. It, it was pretty funny. But, you know, we're not saying it is that trainee and Kid Balling are the same person. I've just never seen them both in the same place at the same time. <laughs> um,
0: and he got a big also- pot.
3: The crowd loved him. The crowd, the crowd love Kid Valley as well. Speaking of big
2: pops, um, Murdoch got a huge pop when he came out, and him and Royce put on a, a real, a fantastic match. I'm looking forward to watching that back on IWTV.
3: Oh, how how, how big um, is Twitter going to go off when it go when the replay goes on IWTV? Murdoch and Royce's Twitter is going to explode.
1: I heard the finish was amazing um, in that, that match. match.
2: Yeah. Don't mention the war, Tony. Um, but also uh, Guido and um, in the tag match with Vixen and with Callum Butcher and with, who's the other guy in that one? The really big guy. I haven't seen him uh, before. I haven't York. seen him either. York. He's a big
3: York. dude. Big, big, big guy. That was a, That was a good match. Yeah, Enjoyed the Vixen surprise and- was really good, and Vixen Vixen looks good coming back from her injury. So I'm excited. She's called called out anyone to step up to the plate for the next show. And Joel Joel has the well, she would say, the loser of DMDU. He's DMD a loser. Um, He could be zero and four after the next show. He will he's be zero get four.
2: A win. I don't think he's going to beat Vixen in a no, no um, in a barbed wire. Rope death match, uh, JXT and Richie Taylor was really enjoyable.
1: Did um, love that photo of JXT next to the uh, on the turnbuckle logo.
2: Yeah, the yeah he's, um, he, that was fantastic to see. Uh, Phil was do- wearing a Lobo cosplay for his match against Mad Dog, which I enjoyed. And uh, Charlie versus um, Joel was a. That's probably the best death match
3: I've seen live. Like, she's a star yeah definitely and so Robbie Eagles and Mark Davis as well was a, was amazing hard hitting working around the size difference when we got when we got Mark Davis and Charlie Evans in the country every wrestling fan that gets to see them live across the country just be so grateful that they're in the country and savor because they're not going to be here forever once the world gets back to normal they'll be gone again yeah so, yes, yeah, save every moment that we have. Those I got it. Now,
1: I did see something before Deathmatch Down Under, uh, Smashing Suncastles. There was a Snap interview with oh. Lord Andy Coyne and uh, Jeff from WrestleBrainia. In case you haven't seen it, folks, have a listen to this audio and I'll have a chat to you boys. The have smirch, Tony.
5: Do the show, yeah, for fantastic. Us? interesting, um, interesting individual, great. And we, we love having Carlo on board, as well as obviously working with DMDU and working with uh Wrestle Rock and working with PWA, so you know, and, and also the PCW. I'm sorry, we work with PWA in Sydney, and also on the turnbuckle. Yeah, it did seem like it took a little bit of uh, effort for the, uh, an agreement to be reached between you and on the term turnbuckle. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, I, look, there are a few things. Their lawyer is currently, you know, he, he lives out of his car. I can't do much about it. But, you know, he's currently chasing me to try to change the contract. Okay. I've refused to change the contract. Good. We have them on the very first show, Welchie. Brent Welch is representing him, yeah, the, yes, the I, walking I don't migraine, time, yeah. yes. the man who's threatened to kidnap me, the hemorrhoid of Australian wrestling, that's the guy, yeah. you know him well, Yes. he is going to be on the first show, so, you know, we, we'll do what we can to get through that as easily as possible, they've changed their mastermind topics no less than four times, divas, complete divas, complete divas, yeah, But the shows are are, are very different from when you last saw them because, of course, I keep writing games. I keep throwing new games in and taking old games out just to make it. That was absolutely disgusting. And the four shows are different from each other. I would
1: would have thought that he would have been excited about the prospect of having such professionals on his show.
2: Can I I just start by sticking up for our lawyer, who's the best lawyer Tony's money can buy? Um, Yeah. Firstly, he does not. I repeat, does not live in his car.
1: Uh, well,
2: hang on he a minute. He works. He works out of his car, and it's a home office. And sometimes it's, he it's works
3: a tax deduction. There's nap. no doubt about that. Yeah, he sl- have, a, have a nap in the car doesn't mean you sleep
1: in your yeah. You know, uh, it's a combi. He's got it set up beautifully in the back. <laughs> He's got room. Yeah, yeah. and he there's, always. There's we clients. never
2: find. We never struggle to find him. Yeah. No. Exactly. Secondly, I don't recall changing my topics once. For the mastermind section.
1: He said you changed them four times.
2: Well, he said we changed them four times, but I know that I haven't changed them. It's
1: probably Hawker. Thirdly, did he call me a walking migraine? He did call you, he did actually. I thought that wasn't too bad.
2: All right, well, let's put it this way. He said that I threatened to kidnap him. There's no way that I would threaten that I would kidnap Jeff because I couldn't stand being with him that long.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. That's yeah. a fair point. And, yeah, Jeff, man. could you at least yeah. work out and find out who is actually on your show? PWA. Come on, mate. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? I know. I
2: just know. respect for
1: PCW as well. I, I reckon they'll in re- our lawsuit, Tony.
3: Yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed in Andy. I thought he could have stuck up for us. Um, he he made the boots as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, just, he, I just got yeah. this little bit of a feeling that Andy might be gunning for my Ring announcer's job.
3: He, he could be. T- well, the fact that you said you're the best in the country maybe has something to do with it. Um, you know, he was meant to be on the show a couple of weeks ago. He stood us up. The pin. And he took all the credit for yeah, that great correct. article that he wrote. Correct. Um, that I wrote. Yeah, that Welsh he wrote wo- that we're winking at. Um, yeah, I don't know. Very interesting. Can I just but- say this?
2: If Jeff hasn't announced Tony... You deserve your own announcement, Tony, as yeah, a talent without
1: announcement. A well, I'm, yep. I'm a man of. Uh, of I assume that's
2: why you haven't shared any of this on, on your on your Twitter account because you've got to protect your brand.
1: Yeah, correct. So yeah. I mean, it's already been stolen once. <laughs> Jeff, can that could you have please? been Andy? That uh, could have been too. Right,
2: I'm going to get our lawyers in again, or, um, our lawyer. Uh, yeah, no, there's only room be, for one in the combi. We need it in the contract. That Tony gets his own announcement.
1: Yeah, all right. Let's work on that. Let's work hey, on that. Uh, finally, boys. Before hey, where can people
2: can we where can people get tickets to see us at WrestleBrania?
1: They can go to the Comedy Festival and Key in WrestleBrania. B R A I N I A, Jeff. That's how you spell it.
2: There's also there's only like 17 tickets back left to our show because let me just repeat, we are a draw. We are a 17 draw. tickets. Only- that's 17 it. tickets left to our show. It will sell out. We've got there was only 20 available,
1: on. so they're going quick, folks. <laughs> the like who else is on our
2: show like Carlo Cannon?
1: Yeah, no, we'll smash Carlo. We'll thrash Carlo. We'll yeah, be in the yeah.
2: final, so you can also get tickets to the final. I'm guaranteeing that we're gonna win. Yeah. Um, I don't know what date that is. Um, but also like and when when
1: Carlo when, before Carlo goes on stage, please don't say to him break a leg. I know it's a theatre thing, but <sighs>
2: not an Australian oh, theatre thing, yeah. Just
1: it says Chooker's here. Yeah, we know but Carlo also, and injuries don't go well. So, all right. oh,
2: you geez. I'm glad you said that because there's no way I'm saying
3: I'm that. backing away from that. Like we're we're going to beat him in trivia, like physical. I don't want anything physical. No, He's no, a no, big no, man, no. Tony. Don't know. No, no, hey, you bringing up the injuries? Oh, that's on you, mate. Don't back away but from uh, that now. That guy from Arnie Donners. what's an Arnie Donner?
1: Oh no, they were at MCW no last year or the year before or something. Well, they're they're
2: on they're on our show as one of them's on our show as well. Apparently they, they're were,
1: popular.
3: Were they feuding with uh, your close personal friend Gino? They were. They were, were. You now more incentive to smash them.
2: Um, and I saw one of our opponents at deathmatch down under, Tony. Yeah, Tosh Greenslate. Tosh,
1: we had him on last year.
2: We did. He, he's, 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 he says he's going to beat us. Right.
1: There's no way he's going to beat us. No. How, many has Carlo, how many people has Carlo got on his team? Two. Okay. And Carlo makes three. Yeah, he's got two on his team with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. And who have we got? Don't
2: worry. We've got, we've got a team.
1: All right. Cool. Hey, uh, before we go, MCW Ballroom Brawl this weekend, boys. Should be some uh, great matches there.
2: Always yeah, Mick Moretti
1: versus Flex. got an That's a big match. That's a cracking one. Really yep. looking forward to that.
2: That's yeah, Mick Moretti, not Mark Moretti. Tony. No, no, Mick
3: Moretti, yeah. It, it'll actually be um, good, Tony, if you rock up. You know, if you come to the show, you can meet Mick Moretti for the first time. Um,
2: Tony's got no way of getting up the stairs. That's the problem.
1: The Rapscallion. Yes, uh, yeah, he's been on the show up. as well. Yes. <laughs>
3: Um, no, there's some real, yeah. So- respect. Jessica Troy versus Kellyanne as well. Um, I'm so so looking forward to that. Jessica Troy is one of uh, the best wrestlers in the country. So is Kellyanne. Um, yeah, it's it's actually a stacked card. Um, the um, velocity is coming down against the brat pack.
2: I said this when Kellyanne wrestled uh, Aisha at PCW. From the moment you hear Kellyanne's music hit at a at a venue. There's a big fight feel. Like yeah, you know you're seeing someone who's exceptional. And uh, we haven't I don't know if we've even had the chance to see this match in Victoria before. I know they've wrestled a couple of times before though, and uh every time they've wrestled have stolen the show. So the pressure will be on everyone else
3: to Excellent. to match what they bring. You see who got announced for the rumble, Tony? No, who? Mikey Broderick. Squats. Who? Squats.
1: The ah. fitness guy. Yes.
3: Your favorite squats, fantastic I, I, squat squats. Squat. I assume he comes out. A few people are in the I'm ring. I'm doing squats now as of part a... of my rehab. Well, there you go. You can do them Saturday yeah. night with him. Yeah, yep. helping in your rehab. I'm assuming the rumble sort of breaks down. You know, maybe you have five or six wrestlers break out into a squat party mid rumble. Um,
2: I reckon, um, Tony does veteran squats though,
1: mini squats. They're called
2: cool. he's not getting uh, all the way down. Yeah. No, just yes, you wouldn't t- get back you're up.
3: Bit depending there.
1: <laughs> Just enough to tighten my glutes
3: uh, Now it's a
2: vision no, think double. about your glutes, Tony
1: mm. <laughs> uh, Upcoming events Friday the 12th of March PCW Slam is on Infantry Gully And PWA Oh, I can see where Jeff got that mixed up They're both on the same night uh, It started with a kiss <laughs> from PWA Saturday the 13th of March MCW Ballroom Brawl The only show in town, folks Get along and watch that one. If tickets are already sold, sold out. All right. Bad luck. Uh, just hang outside the Thornbury Theatre and we'll run out every match and tell you what the results were.
3: Yeah, you can do the running out. I'm not coming out.
1: EPW over in Perth, training school open day. How cool is that? It's very good. Yeah. I think they have some new trainees. Well. That would be a great thing. Boys, we'll catch you next week. We'll see. All right. Look forward to it. See you, Lyle. Have funny rehab, mate. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. We'll see you right here again on the Turnbuckle.